Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This past summer, this past June, my family and I, we did a little Midwest road trip and we were going back there to see family. Uh, my in-laws, my, my wife's brother lives in, lives in Minnesota and then my family's in Ohio and then we, we uh, spent some time in Kentucky and in Missouri and all around, right? And so uh, the whole trip, I think it was something like 40 plus hours we spent in the car while we were, were driving and uh, for the most part, it went well, but we had to do some things to break it up, break up the time, right, so that everyone kept their sanity. And so one of the things that Dad came up with, not claiming to be uh, very creative here, but was stopping at the signs of various states as we entered different states, right? So, uh, of course, we've, we stopped here at the sign entering into Nebraska, and uh, there's our, my, my kids, uh, Joy, who just played cello, and then Isaac and Asher in front of the sign. Anyone, anyone here from Nebraska? Not this. Oh, yeah, we got a couple. All right. And so we, we had several pews of Nebraska people at the first service today. So good, good. And then, uh, of course, Minnesota. Anyone here from Minnesota? Yeah, there we go. All right. So that's good. That's good. We uh, had a few times that we couldn't stop at signs because, well, it wasn't exactly safe to do so. One of those times was on the way home as we were coming back to Colorado, but I'm guessing, I don't know, any, any of you passed this sign, welcome to Colorado? Yeah, just recently, right? So you guys get it. Uh, signs signs are, are helpful. Signs take us to the places we want to go. I don't know, maybe some of you noticed this sign outside of the church on the way to worship this, this evening. When I went to seminary, I never took a class on how to get a sign built, right? However, if people were to ask me today, Larry, what's your greatest accomplishment at Christ Lutheran Church in Breckenridge? I might have to say getting the sign built, like the amount of hours discussing uh, with the zoning crews and committees here in the county, a little bit more of a headache than I anticipated. But we have the sign, thanks be to God. And why, why is this sign helpful? Why is it good? I, I would say for this reason, because on multiple occasions, people have come up to me, and, and members here at Christ know like this about me, so if they hear this, uh, they'll say, you need to tell Pastor Larry that. But they'll say this, we were driving down Highway 9 and we saw your sign. And so here we are worshiping with you this oftentimes Sunday morning. So signs are good. They, they show us where we're going. Sometimes signs are people. Ever been in a situation where Someone was leading you and t showing you around, and they just said, hey, ju just, just follow me, and we'll get there. I, I know when I go backcountry skiing, I often go with my friend Brandon. Brandon is a member here, but he's back in Virginia right now. And uh, he's, he's like a, a guide, right, backcountry. When we go to Buffalo Mountain, there are places that, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. And the signs 
either aren't that well marked or they're snow covered or buried. And so it's good to have him. He's my personal sign, if you will. So maybe, maybe you know what it's like to, to have someone be a sign for you. We at Christ Breckenridge these, these uh, past few weeks have started a new sermon series through the book of Matthew called Follow Me, kind of based off the several times in the gospel that Jesus himself says to people like Peter and Andrew and James and John, people like Matthew, others, he, he talks to them and says, come, follow me. Invites them into a life of discipleship, right? And so tonight, I want to spend some time talking about kind of what we've been looking at uh, these past few weeks. Uh, this Jesus, who is asking us to follow him, he, he's someone worth following. Matthew lays it out in the beginning of his gospel, talking about his lineage, talking about where he's come from, talking about how his presence, his birth, fulfills Scripture, how Jesus is someone worth following. Tonight in particular, though, I want to talk about following the sign. In our texts that we've heard read, We've encountered three different people, a few more, but three that I'm going to focus on that all needed signs. So let's talk about them for a little bit. First, first we've got Joseph. Joseph, the adoptive father of Jesus. But things, for a moment there, were getting a little tense in Joseph's world, right? Uh, his Fiance, if you will, the one he's betrothed to, engaged to, Mary, is pregnant, and Joseph knows one thing. He didn't do it, right? And so Joseph, uh, he, he's wrestling in his mind. What do we know about Joseph? Joseph, he's a, he's a humble Jewish man. Matthew tells us he's, he's righteous, he's just, He's compassionate. We also learn elsewhere that he was a builder or a, a carpenter. And so here is Joseph wrestling through, what, what should I do? He's trying to do two things. Keep intact his righteousness and be compassionate to Mary. Joseph knows that if he wanted to make this public, it could be the end of Mary's life. It could go really south really fast. So what does Joseph do? The only thing that he can come up with, he decides to divorce her quietly. And in so doing, he would preserve his righteousness and be compassionate to her. So we have Joseph we also have the three wise men, or the magi, as they're maybe better referred to. These magi, it's kind of odd that they're in the story. You pick up a little bit about what they do in, in that term, magi, right? It sounds like 
mag- magician, right? They're sorcerers. They practice the dark arts. They certainly aren't Jews. They're not, they're not from the line of Abraham or David. They, they've come from far away, probably Persia, which is like modern-day Iran. They've made this 900-some-mile trek through the treacherous Arabian desert, all because they saw a star. And, and, and we know this about the Magi. They're what we would refer to as idolaters. They probably they, they didn't worship the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. What are these guys, these, these Magi, these wise men, supposedly, what are they doing in the Christmas story? And then we have Herod. History refers to Herod as Herod the Great. And by worldly standards, he was pretty darn great. He was rich. He was politically savvy. He was the king of all Israel. He's kind of a puppet king to Caesar, but he did a really good job staying in that role. He wanted to protect that role, protect his family. He was uh, also a really good administrator, and he had a lot of things built in Israel. When I went to, to Israel, the Holy Land, back in 2005, I got to see tons of things that he was overseeing in building projects. Things like the Herodium, his palace, things like Masada, down by the Dead Sea, the temple. He, he spent tons of money and um, labor and the things that you can do with infinite amount of money and infinite amount of slave labor are pretty amazing when you look at the enormity of the temple project. He, he did things like build aqueducts that brought fresh water to places that would get less than an inch of water a year. He was pretty darn great. But he's also, also ruthless. He ruled with an iron fist. If someone crossed him, that person ceased to exist. Towards the end of his life, he was getting a little bit loopy. He even got uh, um, jealous of his sons, a couple sons, and his wife, and they died because he had them killed. Not someone you wanted to mess with. So what what do these three people have in common? I mean, looking at them, you got a humble carpenter. You've got Magi from Persia. You've got a king with almost infinite power. But one thing that they all had in common, they needed a a sign. They were clueless in and of themselves. Here's what I mean. Joseph... He needed a sign, and in in his case, the sign he received was the angel speaking to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Joseph, I know what this looks like, but trust me, it's all good. The child is from the Holy Spirit. 
you can take Mary to be your wife. Oh, and name the kid Jesus. That was Joseph. And then Joseph did what he was asked to do. With the Magi, they needed a sign, as in the star that led them across the desert. And when apparently the star maybe went away, maybe, maybe it was cloudy and they couldn't see the stars or whatever, but they had to stop and ask for directions because they were lost. Some, I've heard it said this, that, uh, why, why are the Magi's referred to as the wise men? Because when they were lost, they actually took time to stop and ask for directions. Right? Maybe. And when they did, the second sign that they got was a sign from Scripture that the Christ, the Messiah, the King of the Jews was to be born in Bethlehem. And Herod the Great, as paranoid as he was, as, as alert as he was, right under his nose, just down the street in Bethlehem, on Bethlehem this is like six miles south of Jerusalem, not that far at all, Jesus was born. The rival king had, had been born, but Herod still needed a sign. He needed the sign of Scripture to show him, to tell him where the king of the Jews was to be born. And isn't this how it is in life as human beings? By ourselves, left to our own devices, we're pretty clueless sometimes. We're lost. We don't know which way to go. And then you throw in our sinfulness and our selfishness, and we're left desperate. And yet, just like God did with the Magi and with Joseph and with Herod, he gives us a sign, many signs. His word, his son, he gives us signs that point us to him, to his love, what he has done for us. Think, think about even this, this Christmas season. Think of the amount of signs that we have. Just look at the Christmas tree. It's a sign. The evergreen sign of life points us to Jesus. In this case, we have an angel on top. Reminds us of Joseph's, uh, I'm sorry, of, of Luke's uh, gospel nativity story where the angels came to the shepherds and were singing in the fields, right? Some, some Christmas trees are going to have, like mine at home, a star on the top. Reminds us of the star that led the wise men to Jesus. Or look at something like a poinsettia. Did you know that's a sign? Why, you know, traditional, right? We almost would be surprised if there weren't poinsettias in, in the church building during Christmas. Why? Well, some have said because the shape of the flower reminds us of a star and the color reminds us of the blood of Christ shed on the cross for our forgiveness. Stockings. 
or signs. Did you know that one? Back in the 4th century A.D., a Christian bishop by the name of St. Nicholas <clears throat> saw some, as the legend goes, saw some women in his community that were in need, that needed some financial uh, support, and so he gave them gold and filled their stockings with them, right? The gifts that the Magi <laughs> give. When we give, anyone open gifts yet? Yeah, you better raise your hand, right? So, and we've got more coming, right? And the gifts remind us of the frankincense and, and the gold and the myrrh that, that the wise men gave to Jesus when they came to worship him. Signs are, are everywhere. And yet, here's, here's my concern. Is that sometimes we fail to follow the signs. I like to ski. I ski at Keystone often. And uh, a few weeks ago I was there, and I was, I was, as I was skiing, there are plenty of signs. And these signs say, slow, right? Other signs say, no straight lining. That means, like, do a turn every now and then. Don't go out of control, right? Why are those signs there? Well, let me tell you, that day I go right past a slow sign and someone comes zipping past me and I, I witnessed a full speed collision between two people. I mean, it's full blown yard sale, right? Poles one way, skis the other way, people were doing cartwheels. Like, I thought for sure, I, I had my phone. I was about to call ski patrol. I thought I, thought I might have like, seen someone die. It was nasty. Fortunately, by God's grace, I get over there and talk to the guy who was hit hard, and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, he's like checking himself. I think everything's good. This is why, this is why I wear a helmet, right? <laughs> and, and we were all good. But why are, what's the problem with not obeying the signs? Is someone can get really hurt if we don't listen to them, if we don't follow them. Now, I'm guessing that none of you here tonight are like King Herod, fighting for power or trying to keep a grip on power and you're willing to do really nasty things like slaughter babies in Bethlehem to protect your reign. I'm guessing none of you are that. But here tonight, 21st century, here are my, my, my concerns. First of all, when we look at the sign and treat it like it's the destination, how many of us have spent so much time this Christmas season getting everything looking perfect? We got the perfect tree, perfect stockings, perfect garland, perfect poinsettias, perfect, perfect, perfect. We've got all the signs in place but we forget that they're pointing to Jesus. Second concern that I might have is just a general apathy. Oh, I've, I've seen that sign before. I've heard that story before. Uh, yeah, I've heard about Jesus and the wise men. And we just kind of say, eh, that's a nice story. But we don't let it change our lives. 
We don't let it lead us to worship and to joy. And we just kind of keep on going in life, going down the same path that we've always gone down. And that path can be very bad, very painful, if we don't listen to the signs. But Jesus is a sign for us. God gives us signs over and over and over. Uh, Sometimes God gives signs through dreams. Sometimes God uses nature like stars. Always, often, God uses Scripture as a sign. We have these in the pews. If you need a Bible, take it. Here is your sign. Jesus is calling you. Come follow me. Right? This is, this is a sign that, that God gives to us. And what's, what's interesting is, is how Jesus, he is not only the destination, but in a sense, he's also a, a sign in himself pointing us to the love of God. Now, there's no way that the wise men could have known this at the time. But when they entered into Herod's palace and they walked through the courtyard and through the the plaza, they were walking through that very place where 33 years later, our Lord Jesus would be condemned to die. Where the crowds were chanting, crucify him, crucify him. And where the Roman soldiers created a sign. A sign that said this in Aramaic, in Greek, and in Latin. Jesus. Here's your sign. This is what Jesus does for us. Jesus, the Savior. Why is he named Jesus? Because he will save his people from their sins. He's the sign to you of God's love for you. God does not want you to go astray. God doesn't want you to live life without him. Jesus is the sign of God's love. So what sign is God giving you this Christmas? Maybe some of you have had some weird dreams. It's okay. Confirm it by Scripture, right? Is this consistent with what God's Word says? Huh, maybe God is talking to me. Or maybe God is using nature Here's something in, in, in Breckenridge, in Summit County, that I think is, is super powerful. How many people say things like, oh, I just feel connected to God in nature when we're going hiking or what? That's okay. But let it take you, and let's clarify our understanding of what that means by looking at this sign, the sign of Jesus, the sign of the cross for you. Maybe 
the sign that God's given you this Christmas is other people. You know, your mom and dad who drug you to church. Maybe they're your sign. And you know, you know, yeah, they're not perfect, but they pointed you to Christ over and over throughout your life. Maybe they're your sign tonight. Whatever your sign might be, my prayer is that you follow the Christ child. My prayer is that when Jesus says, follow me, that you're like Joseph and you say, okay, not what I had planned. Let's go. Or you're like the wise men who, when they see the star over, over the baby, over the child Jesus, they rejoice with exceedingly great joy. Like, it's amazing how Matthew says it. Rejoice with exceedingly great joy. Like, they're super, super duper happy, right? And then they get to Jesus and they worship him by bowing down and giving him gifts. Maybe that's how you're to respond this Christmas. Know this, that when our gracious Lord Jesus calls you to follow him, when he leads you to God himself, he is serving as a sign of God's love, God's peace, God's hope in your lives. And that is available for you now. Amen.